Ladies and gentlemen, this show is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. Fascinated by the world of strange, or perhaps like to gather in those dimly lit corners and converse with those individuals who may not walk to the beat of this world's drum, then step across the threshold that leads to the room under the stairs. Hey everybody, this is Stan Wengland, and I think you may know who I am. I'm one of the co-hosts of The People Under the Stairs, and we are so pleased that you decided to join us today on our show. And as I'm mentioning us, I'm missing my better half. And that's wonderful, delightful, and world-renowned Paul James Caden. Hey Paul, how's it going tonight? It is going beautiful. I had to tear myself away from millions of adoring fans to do this podcast. So I know you're all very, very lucky that I was able to show up. <laughs> you know, well, that's true, buddy. And and thank you for hanging out with all the little people, right, folks? All the little people, like your buddy Stan, and uh, all the all the little fans that come and and, and listen to us. <laughs> no. But it, it, it is good to it is good to, you know, to be with everybody here tonight. Uh, you know, it's been uh, a very interesting week, to say the least. And, you know, Paul, we have a great uh, we have a great topic uh, to discuss this week. Uh, we had a really good topic uh, last week I came up with. And this week, here's a nice one uh, that you came up with, uh, which I think is I was quite surprised with the, the research that I found on this one. And it has to do with diseases that possibly come from outer space. Mm -hmm. You know, now that's part, that's kind of like the main part of it, but there's other things here. It could also be diseases that may have been, you know, transmitted to us by extraterrestrials, if you believe in those things, or something um, uh, along those lines. And I must tell you that, uh, you know, 
the first thing that comes to mind when you think of diseases from outer space or something to me is like classic movies like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, even War of the Worlds, things like that. But the microbes that kill the uh, that kill the, uh, you know, the machines and the aliens from other worlds and things like that. But I was saying to my wife, I said, she said, what do you think about that? That sounds like one of those crazy kinds of things. I said, no, I said, you know, from what I know about that, people have thought about that for years. But I said, Mother Nature seems to take care of that with the atmosphere, you know. When things re-enter the Earth, they they burn up. You know, that's why we have meteors and asteroids and things like that at very high heat. I said, but, you know, there could be something that could survive or whatever. Well, lo and behold, it isn't something that I've studied uh, with any great detail over the years. But when you get in there and you start looking at... Um, you know, some realistic kinds of materials out there. There are quite a number of scientists and there are quite a number of events that are out there that could lead some uh, credence in this area. So uh, I didn't want to steal or hijack the show. But uh, what do you think about this, Paul? What, what are some, I mean, I, I have some very specific things, but before I jump into my things, what are, what's some stuff that you know about this? Well, I, you know, I've heard about this before and I kind of brought it into uh, a show. I kind of did a trilogy on the spirit side and I, I was mentioning that uh, with the coronavirus, there, there are actually some people, uh, again, often the kind of the left field of the conspiracy theorists who say, well, you know, this is this is an alien born uh, virus, you know, that uh, they're unleashing to, uh, you know, kill humanity. And, uh, you know, it, it made me think that, you know, I had read uh, a ways back that during the time of the, the Black Death, the, the plague, that how, how many people said that they saw these bronze ships in the sky spraying, a, you know, a mysterious mist, you know, through the, uh, through the sky. And many people that lived on farms said they saw these uh, very tall beings with uh, black hooded robes walking through the crops at night spraying some kind of mist or smoke over the crops and they, they thought that they were the the angels of death the bringers of the plague and uh, it's actually a lot of people probably don't know this but it, it was such a popular story and figure during the time of the the black death or the black plague that it's actually where we get our modern day image of the grim reaper the skeleton with the the, the mm. black uh, hooded robe so uh you know and many people said that they saw it and it, it goes throughout time you know where you know you could look at different times where there were famines and 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 uh, you know pestilence in the land and people said that they saw lights in the sky that were doing strange things or you know emitting some kind of cloud and, uh, you know, so it's it's certainly something that goes way back that diseases are, you know, are coming from some other source, whether it be angels, the angel of death. Uh, and now, you know, we look at it and say, well, gee, maybe it was uh, extraterrestrial, something from beyond this planet or beyond this solar system that brought uh, some of these illnesses to our planet. And again, these are things we're going to uh, jump into uh you know in, in just a little while here but uh what do you got for the folks as far as uh 
Well, I was, yeah, I was going to jump on this one with my, with my theory that when I was talking to my wife, I'm saying, you know, when you see science fiction pictures, they're usually taken from, uh, you know, scientific theory or some spinoff on that or whatever. And of course I was right on that. And, uh, for many, many years, uh, scientists have believed, uh, that the seeds of life on our planet, uh, life in general, uh, it, it's one of the debates, uh, you know, between, uh, you know, God, uh, you know, God creating the earth uh, versus, um, you know, evolution and, you know, the Big Bang and the primordial soup and, you know, how, you know, uh, life developed on earth, um, you know, from a scientific perspective, this idea that we have been seeded, our planet has been seeded. This is called panspermia, mm-hmm. just like the, the things a sperm. Uh, uh, panspermia on this one, it, it refers to the seeds of life may have ridden to earth on meteors, you know, that they, they, you know, they come in on a meteor and, uh, you know, just like it would be a seed from, um, uh, a plant that you see when, you know, when, when, you know, Walt Disney used to do the little time-lapse photography and show a plow, you know, a, a plant explode like a daffodil and all the seeds shoot out. It would be the same thing, but, you know, but in terms of uh, the universe, that would be a panspermia. And a lot of scientists thinks it, it, you know, think it answers a lot of questions about our origins. And that all sounds good. But here's what you call the ontological argument. And and I I hope you guys don't think I'm wading into the weeds here. This is very good. Uh, That that term uh, ontology, the beginning of something, Uh, what the, 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 it's called the naive or the kid's question. Well, if that's if these seeds are coming on meteors and they're coming from someplace, where did the seeds come from? You know, right. that's the other question. They had a, it's like the chicken and the egg. Uh, so you know that still leaves an unanswered question. But uh, the, the the once seeding version, the panspermia, means that this is a random thing, like um, you know, some planet, a piece of it breaks off that has life and it comes here. The other thing could very well be, uh, you know, what you're describing, Paul. People in coats and things like that. It's pretty much similar to the kinds of stuff that we wear when we're uh, using pesticides and things like that with crops, right? Mm-hmm. All those kinds of things. So, you know, alien bacteria and, uh, you know, viruses, uh, you know, might be raining down on us still with things like meteors because you can go out any night of the week and see meteor showers all over the place, um, you know, or quite possibly uh, it could be, uh, you know, people from other planets seeding the earth, seeing how things are, are going, uh, checking on them or whatever. And to ancient people, they have no idea. They had no science. Or anything during those times so to them everything was from the gods mm-hmm. so it's not important what the explanation was it would be more important to me you know what the observations were that they were having i was stunned to see that there are some of the common things that the illnesses that we have now are diseases or viruses that there's this you know there are scientists who believe that they may come from uh, you know, outer space. Some of them are, are, are kind of crazy, like the Pandora virus. This is a virus that's like 10 times larger than an ordinary virus. And it was discovered by French scientists in 2013. And it was discovered off the coast of Chile and in mm-hmm. a single Australian pond. And it shares only 6% of its genetic makeup with the rest of life on Earth. 
Now, that's kind of unusual. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, now this has led uh, scientists, some scientists, not all scientists, I mean, from what I've been reading, it's led some people to the conclusion that it actually isn't native to Earth. You know, and it's in the articles that I've read, it says it may seem silly, but researchers are seriously investigating the possibility that the Pandora virus is of alien origin. And uh, it, it has a comical ending to the, the article that I have. It says, even if the scary sounding creepy crawly ends up being from Mars, it's really only harmful if you're an amoeba. So it doesn't affect human beings. However, mad cow disease which uh, is, you know, really takes over in terms of a brain disease uh, with cows and it pops up, uh, you know, hurting human beings as well. Uh, it, it can pass on to human beings when eating infected meat. And my late daughter, Christian's uh, anthropologist professor was the guy, Ralph Garuto, who was the, one of the founders of this. It, you know, mad cow disease can lead to dementia, all kinds of other things. And they think that mad uh, cow disease, some scientists think, that this the brain attacking microbes may have come from a passing comet. And this was one of the things that I, I said to my wife today. I said the frozen balls of space dust have been found to contain chemical structures very similar to what they call prions or other mm -hmm. microorganisms. So tiny frozen aliens, right? Because these microorganisms are aliens. They may have been blown out of the comments uh, dust trail and left behind, snagged in the Earth's gravity, and somehow or another get sent down, um, you know, into the upper atmosphere and, uh, you know, then settle down. And the cows wind up eating the, the grass and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, they've got it. And I, there, I've got more, but I have one other that's if if you got if you don't mind, Paul, I just want to throw out this, and this is one that we know about right now. There's one that isn't possibly from space, and uh, it definitely is from space. And in 2006, the space shuttle mission STS-115 was performing an experiment, and they were performing an experiment with the Salmonella bacterium, which was grown on board. The, uh, the space shuttle to observe its development in space. Because in case you guys don't know this, folks, when they go on these space missions, not only do they put like uh, satellites in orbit or make repairs or do different things, but they also do, you know, experiments in space. So the astronauts, the biologists who were up, they were expecting a routine study, but the astronauts were shocked to find themselves plunged into what they say was a science fiction plot line. The bacteria grown aboard the spacecraft displayed drastic mutations in 167 genes, and it had alterations to the production of 73 proteins. Now, that doesn't mean diddly poop to 99% of us out there, but the tests with lab mice showed that the mutant germ to be much deadlier than the Earth variety, even when far fewer bacteria were present. And you know what it was about? Researchers were able to figure out that the low gravity was to blame for the extreme transformation. That the difference mm -hmm. in gravity, it proved that bacterium in space could become a killer. And what does this mean? That when you see these movies about astronauts in space, that they might actually breed an apocalyptic disease in their tube of mashed potatoes. 
It could happen. <laughs> it's the same reason that uh, that if you have cancer or you have other things, uh, like when you watch the movie Contact, you see that the multi-billionaire is living in outer space because the cancer cells don't grow well in low gravity or zero gravity. So did I lose you on any of that, Paul, or was that new information and interesting to you? Because it sure was to me, and I've got a lot more of it. It is. It's it's definitely a, not boring at all. Some of it I, I heard of, like the Pandora virus, uh, you know, other others I did not. But uh, it, it does. It just goes to show, you know, you you don't know what is out there. We, we, we take for granted that space is this vacuum with with nothing in it. You know, nothing can survive in space. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we, we don't know, you know, like you said, a, a planet, a piece of a planet could have broken off. It could be on comets. It could be on asteroids. Uh, even, you know, who knows, like the uh, the invasion of the body snatchers, you know, something that's coming across the void of space and gets caught in the, the solar winds and, and, and blows into our planet and happens to survive, you know, through the, the journey through the atmosphere. We We don't know everything there is to know out there. And uh, it's it's definitely it's it's uh, it's extremely interesting, but it's also a, a little spooky to think about what uh, you know what could be out there and what could eventually happen if the wrong microbe, the wrong bacteria, the wrong virus were, were to drift into our uh, atmosphere, you know, our planet. It could be, uh, as they used to say, coitins. <laughs> Well, you, you, you want to hear a couple that are really wild? In 1918, and my grandmother died of this. My grandmother died of this. My father's mother. The world was in the grip of one of the deadliest epidemics of all time. It was the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it killed more people than World War One. This disease infected one-third of the Earth's population. And you know how many people were lost? Almost 20 million people died from the flu, including my grandmother. It was un- it was a uniquely deadly strain of a common virus, and the English astronomer Sir Fred Hoyle at that time had a theory as to why. And this goes back to comets again. Comets, he thought, deposited frozen alien viruses in the atmosphere. And then he felt that they were blasted down to the Earth's surface by any energy generated by sunspot activity. And this activity peaks about every 11 years pushing more of what he called the tiny invaders to ground level. Now, you're saying, well, shit, this is from 1918. If when you read further, convincingly, this 11-year cycle was shared by all global flu outbreaks for over 250 years, meaning that the Spanish flu disaster may have been Earth's first large-scale alien invasion. Yeah. <laughs> because, it is crazy. And there's there's another one. There's a lot more, but here's an, these are biggies I'm picking up for you. Ebola, right? Who in the world right now is not scared to death of Ebola? It's one of the most horrible uh, diseases imaginable, and it causes heavy bleeding and an agonizing end. Very similar to like the Black Plague with the big carbuncles and bleeding. Some people think it's a fate worse than death. So there was a 2014, yeah, that was just six years ago. The outbreak had the world united in terror. But for some, you know, people, it was, they were terrorized more than others. Ashley Dale of England's Bristol University had a theory. 
And this guy said that millions of years ago, he thought the Ebola virus may have arrived on Earth from a meteorite collision. And he was citing evidence that uh, microscopic life forms have been shown to survive the vacuum of space. He believes that alien rocks would have made the perfect vehicle. So unlike what I was thinking, where a meteorite or an asteroid, when it comes into our thing, is going to burn up, he's saying that these rocks uh, would have acted, that the that the viruses would have actually you know gotten into the rocks or traveled on the rocks, and it would have made the perfect vehicle. Right. And then the deadly virus would have been adapted, as all viruses do, to our plant's conditions because it would find us to be a perfect host. Now, a lot of scientists say that the evidence is really shaky for this one. But it does make, a, you know, kind of a, an interesting explanation of a disease that seems too terrible to, uh, you know, have been originated on our planet. But uh, wild stuff, huh? It, it definitely is. And, you know, the, there are some people, you know, kind of jumping off that springboard there when you, you have the, the ancient alien theory. Mm -hmm. they, they believe that uh, extraterrestrials have had, uh, you know, their, their kind of presence, their, their finger on the pulse of humanity. They, they seeded the planet. They've, uh, you know, altered our history. They've uh, caused certain plagues. They've cer uh, caused certain cataclysms. And uh, they say it's kind of a cycle, you know, maybe that they let uh, human beings evolve to a certain uh, level. And then if we get too big for our britches, well, something happens that, uh, you know, a major earthquake. And there's some that go back, you know, even to uh, like the flood of Noah. Things of this nature could have been orchestrated by uh, extraterrestrial beings, you know, ma manipulating uh, with their technology uh, to, to make certain climate changes that would cause flooding and storms and volcanic eruptions. And there's a very interesting book out there. It's kind of old. That was really expensive because I, I believe it's out of print. It's called UFOs in the Bible by Barry Downing. And uh, you can get a, a copy now relatively uh, cheap on Amazon used in, in good condition. And uh, it, it reads kind of like a textbook, but he uh, he really goes into the the ancient alien uh, theory uh, quite a bit in there, talking about uh, like in the Old Testament, the the pillar of cloud and it was fire by night. And he said this is the perfect the uh, perfect description of what we now call a cylindrical shaped UFO. Because many of them have been seen uh, mm -hmm. by people that, you know, they're, they're almost in a mist or a cloud when they're, they're seen by day. And at night, they're very, they can be very bright and fiery. So he, he has a lot, of, uh, a lot of interesting things in there that, uh, as most people probably know, the ancient aliens go back to the pyramids and beyond. And uh, there, there's a lot of folks, and some of them uh, with, with pretty... Uh, uh, pretty good educational backgrounds and, and historians who believe that, yeah, there's there's something out there that's uh, definitely had its hand in uh, manipulating events on planet Earth, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, famines or diseases. So that's that's the other take on it that, you know, even 
some of these meteors and comets that, that, that might house these bacteria or viruses uh, could actually be, uh, you know, kind of uh, seeded and sent in our direction on purpose to mm-hmm. whether, you know, what, for whatever reason, control the population, control the uh, the growth of man and his technological, uh, you know, ventures, uh, because many ancient alien enthusiasts say that's always seems to be the way that it goes. You have a, an, a civilization and once they start growing, you're going, you're going into the cookie jar there. <laughs> no, I was getting, uh, oh, you could hear that. Yeah. I was getting yeah. a, a lozenge. Excuse me. Stan is, Stan is not feeling well this week. He has, his back is out and he has a sinus infection, probably from aliens, but it could be, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the, the ancient alien enthusiasts say you, you see civilizations that once many of them, once they start reaching their peak, uh, technologically, they're starting to expand. They're starting to learn new things. That's usually when some cataclysmic event will strike. And it's like starting from zero all over again. And they hypothesize that, uh, you know, whoever uh, planted us here, whatever experiment we are for these uh, beings out among the stars, they only want us to progress so far. And then they kind of, you know, knock us back down to starting level. So it's a theory, you know, whether people believe in that or not, uh, you know, I'm not so sure about uh, a lot of that particular thing, but there's a lot of people that uh, that do believe it. Well, you know, there's there's an other element uh, here. And again, it's one of the things and people under the stairs here now, uh, you know, discussing the theories, at least for me, certainly doesn't mean that I'm a proponent of that theory or I, I think that there's any evidence of that or um, or so, so on and so forth. I, I'm. I'm you know, it's they're very interesting to discuss, and you know, uh, it, it it I'll just leave it at that. They're very interesting to discuss. You know, one of the things uh, that people have said, you know, when you're mentioning aliens or um, seeding and things like that, of course, this implies you know people from another planet, another life form, something outside of. Of Earth, uh, one of the things that we that we haven't discussed in here is the many reports of people who have had uh, purported sexual contact with beings from other worlds. Am I correct, Paul? Where people say they've been molested, they've been you know um, uh, they've been abducted, they've been examined, they've been prodded, probed. Uh, I've seen, you know, all kinds of reports where people have said, you know, that they've had intimate relations with, uh, you know, with some entity from another, uh, you know, from another world. And it's always written off as somebody, you know, is either hallucinating or they had a bump to the head or they're mentally ill or they're making the story up or whatever. But that would be another way of uh, altering our DNA for some of these viruses and diseases uh, so on and so forth, uh, you know, by the absorption of alien DNA, uh, that kind of stuff. And uh, is, is there any precedent for that? Uh, well, the Super Zika virus, this is uh, birth defects are caused by this, uh, by this virus. And one of the crazy things is that this virus has an ability to quickly mutate uh, 
uh, it changes faster than we can figure it out. And one of the reasons that it does that is its ability to absorb foreign DNA. And, um, you know, it, it's, um, it, it's one of those strange things that could, you know, could fit into that, that kind of theory uh, amongst a million other uh, things. Other things that are interesting are things like the SARS virus. Uh, we first saw that SARS, that respir- the severe acute respiratory virus in 2002, and it first appeared in China. And one of the things that people think there is that scientists suspect virus-filled space dust could have drifted down through the atmosphere and landed on top of the eastern portion of the Himalaya mountains, where the stratosphere is the thinnest and people are climbing up there all the time and doing other things, and then would bring this down. And then these microbes would have started infecting the locals, uh, you know, so on and so, uh, you know, so forth. And uh, away we go with things like that. So, uh, you know, it's very, very strange stuff out there. I mean, you know, you have a lot of very interesting possibilities. And when people think that this sounds too far-fetched with things like virus-filled space dust and all those other kind of things, if you take the other extreme, and you go down to the depths of the ocean where they go, where they send cameras down and things down, at, you know, where there's volcanic activity and magma way miles, miles down in the in these deepest parts of the, the trenches in the ocean, everything that that's common. Now you, you scientists are finding all kinds of life and everything in environments that there should be none at all. And uh, it's been unheard of. So, you know, the other extreme from outer space, you know, why would that be ruled out? You know? Well, here's one that's out in the uh, the tall weeds uh, that, that you made me think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when you look at ufology, there, there's a number of uh, people that believe that, you know, what we call the UFOs, the, the mysterious lights we see in the sky and the things that are you know zipping around that the military sees that that they're not from out there in outer space somewhere that that they're actually some kind of interdimensional beings mm-hmm. and uh you know there are, there are many many sightings and many you know credible ufologists uh who believe this and who have documented that you know they just seem to sometimes come out of nowhere or, you know, emerge or disappear into what looks like, uh, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, portal that's kind of temporarily just opening in the sky. So mm-hmm. who's to say, you know, and again, this is not something we can prove or say, oh, yeah, it's it's a definite, uh, you know, I, I personally, personally believe through my research over the years that these people are probably right. I don't think they're coming from mars or you know far out there in outer space i think they're coming uh from somewhere else uh by the way these things are said to behave uh is very bizarre so who's to say you know if there's not some kind of temporary uh portal or doorway opening where these things come through what kind of uh viruses or bacteria might be in these other dimensions that you know, we're not able to access or see who's to say that maybe some of this didn't uh, or could spill out of something like that. We we, mm-hmm. we don't know. It's it's 
it's food for thought, I suppose, when you talk about um, bacteria and viruses coming from space or the ocean. It's it's a little bit sci-fi, but uh, I, I think it bears a little, uh, at least a little bit of uh, thinking about. Yeah, it, it and it it ties into uh, it ties into a lot of the stuff that uh, I, I know. If my late daughter Christian was here, she'd punch me right in the head with Eric von Doniken and uh, you know the chariots of the gods and things like that, uh, where all these hieroglyphs and everything else are really things with ancient aliens and things like that. But you know, I uh, and I'm not getting into the religious components of it, but it, you know, I when you're talking about seeding things from from space or these mysterious creatures that people have seen you know it's one of those funny things uh, and and maybe you're uh, better at explaining it than me uh when you look at um at um genesis in uh, the christian and, and uh, you know hebrew bibles and you're going over uh, you know, the Garden of Eden and everything else like that. And you have Adam and Eve. Uh, and again, I'm not taking the Bible literally, but let's say we have human human beings are relating a story of creation, right? And their explanation of, of how things came to be. They have all these elaborate um, and very plausible uh, kinds of explanations for things, given the time period uh, that these books were written uh, you know, of course, they're not written in scientific terms like there are today. But, you know, you, you see the scenario with, you know, an all powerful being and Adam and Eve and all that other kind of stuff like that. You know, you can you can say if you don't believe in religion, well, this is how they explain blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing when we're, we're talking about this and Paul, correct me if, if I'm traveling too far into the weeds. Now, I'm not talking about this from a religious perspective. So if, if you folks are religious out there. Don't don't fault me for that. I mean, you know, for where I'm going to say when, you know, you have Adam and Eve and then you talk about Cain and Abel and all these kind of things in their children. And then it says, and, you know, Abel or Cain, whoever was, you know, went out and he found himself a wife. Where did all these other people come from? Mm -hmm. You know, where you know, if if that was creation, if 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 that's Adam and Eve, if that's creation, if that's the you know the two brothers Cain and Abel and everything else. Where are their wives coming from? Where are the other people coming from? You know, w were there more than one Garden of Eden, or or, or were were these? Uh, was this story? Was this creation story a story that really had to do with ancient man? And then ancient aliens uh, coming down and interacting and breeding with human beings. And you'd say, Stan, what a ridiculous uh, you know, thing for you to say on the show. You're, you're an educated person. But the same, the same premise has been made with Greek mythology. You know, with the gods always interacting with humans. Mm -hmm. And you see the parallel there, Paul? Well, yeah, it, it definitely goes along with the uh, the ancient alien theory that, yeah. you know, in, in, in all of the religions, you know, go, going way back that the the gods came down and they they mated with uh, with human beings. And then you have the story and, uh, you know, again, in Genesis about the the, the fallen angels, the sons of God who, uh, you know, lusted after human women and they come came down and took wives and gave birth to these. Uh, chimeras known as the the nephilim who are very large 
and there are other uh, extra biblical books, you know, the book of giants, the book of Jubilees that talk about uh, that these fallen ones mixed, they're literally mixed their blood, uh, you know, you know, their DNA with all the creatures of the earth, man and beast. And uh, it became such, uh, you know, such a danger and such an abomination, uh, you know, on the earth that this is why uh, inevitably who or whatever caused the flood uh, caused it to happen because life on earth was, uh, was getting very polluted uh, mm -hmm. by this mixing of, of DNA. And uh, there, there, there's, uh, again, a lot of really, um, I'm trying to remember one and, and I, and I can't remember the actual um, book or, or scripture or story that, that it comes from. It, it might be the story of, uh, it's, it's, it's the ancient Mesopotamian uh, Sumerian gods. It was, uh, the names will come to me. It's, it's, it's something like Inky and, and, ally or l or something like that mm -hmm. and if if you read the story in in the original language uh it talks about these gods uh who came down and uh one of them actually did mix uh mix his dna with mm -hmm. humans for some reason so it's it's very fascinating that people so far back with uh you know, would have this concept and write about these things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, was there something going on that we, we look at it as just religion and folklore and myth, uh, but maybe back in the day, geez, you know, maybe, maybe there were ships hovering over the horizon with, you know, who knows or what knows, uh, you know, going out and, and, and mixing with mankind or experimenting right. with them. Right. And, and you know what people have to realize uh, is that when you, know, when you try to use ancient documents and ancient stories, whether they be biblical stories or stories from other cultures or whatever, um, I know for me, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody's religious beliefs or anything else like that or cultural beliefs. We often view them as being silly and nonsensical, saying, well, you know, all that, you know, how can you say that in the face of science today? Well, you know, it, 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 a, a really good point is that science as we know it has only been around for just several hundred years. You know, not thousands of years, and certainly not when these uh, not when these things were uh, written. People had they did this was not their frame of reference. You know, they weren't thinking in terms of quantum mechanics and uh, you know uh, microbes. They didn't. You know, they didn't have microscopes, they didn't have telescopes, they didn't have rocket ships, they didn't have telephones, uh, they didn't know what electricity was, you know, regardless of seeing something about a, uh, an ancient battery or something like that. It was science as we know it didn't exist. So how would you how would you explain yourself? You know, how would you explain things the same way that people, uh, uh, you know, a thousand years from now? are going to uh, look at the things that we say and say, you mean you really cut somebody's arm off if there was an infection? What the hell was the matter with you? You know, you really gave people uh, chemotherapy, you gave them poison to get rid of cancer or something like that. You did this, they'll think you were mad uh, with those kinds of things. So it's, uh, it's something to think about that uh, some of these stories that we're hearing 
if, if, you know, if, if these things were seen in modern times, they would be worded differently. That would be much more palatable to other people. And then when you get to, into this whole seating thing, um, you know, I'm, I'm just using this, just speculating, having some fun on the show. Sounds pretty wild, right? How about what the Germans did in World War II? Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, we've done and other countries have done with eugenics. I mean, holy Jesus, man, that, that's we've done that in my lifetime. <laughs> Those kinds of things. So this isn't as far fetched as you could think. Uh, you know, something like that, if there was a superior civilization or or a civilization uh, or, or beings or something from another dimension or something from another, you know, from another planet who had, uh, you know, they didn't want to, um, you know, actively engage with us, um, you know, and do things kind of secretly. It, 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 it would kind of make sense. But it's interesting to think about, to say the least. It is. And uh, and just to clarify for the folks, I, I believe it's it's Inky and, and Enlil. It's E-N-K-I. And I believe, uh, you know, uh, Enlil was his uh, his brother. And it was the uh, the the Anunnaki, the, the ancient Sumerian gods from the from the stars. And, um, you know, it, one of the things when I was doing the, the show on the spirit side last week or, or this week, rather, one of the things that I researched when when I was looking at uh, extraterrestrials and um, I was looking kind of into that kind of religious lore because some people say well extraterrestrials they're uh they're the fallen angels or the mm-hmm. the, the the muslims may say well they're, they're the jinn and when, when you look at the jinn uh what's really interesting whether you know uh, whatever you want to think they are extraterrestrials or spiritual beings uh, one of the things that, that I didn't know, and, and I was really taken back by this, when, when you think about uh, parallels, a lot of times in uh, the UFO uh, abduction scenario, there have been people who would like awaken in the night and either in the room or outside of the room. And there's an old movie called The Intruders. It's based on a book by Bud Hopkins. And there's a scene where this woman wakes up in the night and, you know, she's kind of disoriented. She hears some kind of noise. She looks out of her window and there's this black dog just sitting in the middle of her yard, looking at her through the window. And uh, after a few moments, it it morphs, you know, into uh, what we would call the, the gray alien that, you know, just comes right through the wall and, and, and abducts her. So one of the things that we have around the abduction scenario, which, which is true, is, you know, seeing and, and, you know, the black dog, the dog that is a dog one moment or it's an owl. And then it's it becomes, you know, it's true form, the alien. And what are what are two of the forms as shapeshifters that the jinn are no, notorious for is the black dog and the owl. I found that absolutely fascinating. I, I didn't know that. That is fascinating. So is is there a connection? And you know what when when you talk about 
uh, again, you know, not making the show religious, but just looking at the old, uh, you know, religious ideas and and, and the thoughts uh, about God and the universe. Uh, The Quran actually uh, mentions on, you know, numerous passages, actually, that, uh, you know, Allah or God is the Lord of the worlds, plural. And uh, it says in there that there there are other others that were created that inhabit uh, the universe or the worlds, you know. And if God pleased, He could bring them all together. So uh, it's it's interesting that uh, you don't see so much of that in the Bible. That in the Quran it talks about other worlds, other beings that are out there. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, you know, a little bit different mindset if you ask. A Muslim, you know, do you believe in UFOs? They'll say yes, and they'll say, well, it, you know, it could either be the jinn, or it could be uh, some other being from, you know, another world, another planet that we're not aware of, because their scriptures speak of these things. And uh, again, it's it's quite interesting. And did these folks see something? Know something that uh, that we don't? We, we take for granted they were just all ignorant people wandering around through the desert or, you know, wherever they happen to be from. And they wrote a bunch of, you know, folk tales and, you know, imaginative stories. But then when you find these parallels, and there's a lot of them, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when it comes to, um, you know, UFOs, extraterrestrials, you know, even uh, these things that, that would bring plague and illness as as judgment or just to do evil to man it uh it can make you wonder it can definitely make you wonder Mm -hmm. well i think it was a very interesting topic uh to be sure uh you know and it it has a lot of different variations and can go in a lot of different directions and that's one of the fun things about the people under the stairs uh is that uh Again, I don't think that uh, I know that I'm not, and I don't get the sense that you are. We're not here to tell you that uh, that these things, uh, that these uh, illnesses and viruses and all these particular conditions came from outer space, but uh, or or had some of the interpretations that uh, you know that uh, we're throwing out there. But on the other hand, uh, there are very interesting things to speculate on and and to think about things that you that a lot of us may not be aware of. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting to pursue ideas like this. And if you think it's crazy, for century upon century, people believe that all the stories in um, Homer's Odyssey were all false until, uh, you know, one of the famous, uh, uh, you know, people in uh, anthropology and archaeology, um, you know, followed uh, Homer's Odyssey and, and found the ancient city of Troy, mm-hmm. amongst other things. And people said, oh, that doesn't really exist. And it certainly did. And that's happened over and over again in science and in archaeology and in in other sciences. People take a look at things uh, and uh, they look at them in the context of when they were written, uh, try and interpret things, um, you know, and and see if they can bring them up to modern standards to create understanding. And uh, who knows? Sometimes, uh, you know, what looks like it's pretty crazy, uh, you know. Some of it turns out to be true. We mentioned UFOs, uh, not unlike everybody who was saying, come on, we'll just stop at the UFO stuff. If there was something, it would be there. Then all of a sudden, we just saw this year (laughs) 
how many films released by the uh, United States Navy and all the guidelines for its pilots now on, you know, reporting UFOs because you're seeing an F-14 flying there and the two pilots saying, holy shit, what's this? And they've got it on the video camera. Mm. So uh, that goes all the way back to 1947, folks, when, uh, you know, they were first spotted over Mount Rainier. And here it is, uh, you know, uh, 60 years later. Somebody saying, there they are. So, and for a long time, they said there it was swamp gas, it was Venus. It was, now yeah, all of a sudden, they're saying, oh no, they've been around for a long time. We've always seen them. We don't know what they are. So, yeah, yeah. so much for the so much for the honesty of our humble leaders but uh you know like you were saying you know we're not here to uh you know tell anybody that you know that this is fact or this is what's happening there are viruses from space or extraterrestrials that are monitoring mankind and uh you know wiping if wiping him out if he gets too big for his britches or you know some such thing but uh there there are interesting parallels there's interesting research and you know i've always been the kind of person that when i when i stumble across things like that i i just file it in my my back pocket you know because uh, as i've said on my show this week many times the truth is often stranger than fiction and it's it's better i think to be a little more uh, open minded then completely closed-minded where you think, well, life is in this little tiny box. Nothing like this could ever happen. Nothing like this will ever happen. Uh, and then if it does, you know, you're in full-blown panic mode. Uh, you don't know what to do. You don't know what the hell is going on. You know, so I always say it's good to, uh, it's good to toss these things around. They're, they're good to think about and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of broaden one's uh, perception of the universe and life and where it came from, where it's going, uh, what it means, you know, is, is there meaning to life? It's, it's all very, uh, very, uh, I think important stuff to, for all of us to think about. Yeah. And, and just think of it too, you know, if you want to be very pragmatic, I, I mean, it is kind of silly to think that there would be somebody monitoring us and somebody would be checking on us and somebody, you know, probing us and everything else like that. Oh, oh wait a second. What's that Mars rover that we have out there? What's the Hubble telescope? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do we spend billions and billions and billions of dollars on, you know, on probing other places, on monitoring other places, the SETI projects and everything else like that? What would make people think that it, with the you, you we couldn't you can't even count the number of galaxies in the universe? I mean, people can't even wrap their mind around the, that a, a beginning or an end of the universe. It's so large. Where's the beginning of it? Where's the end of it? And if there's an end to it, what's on the other side? I don't want to confuse you even more. So if we're this one little, you know, dinky planet in the middle of all that stuff and we're doing that, what would possibly make us think? if we're rational people that nobody else would be doing it on the other side towards us. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, and, and I don't know, uh, just one of my quick, um, real life stories here. And I don't know if I ever told this story on, uh, people under the stairs, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wing it out there. And this was probably, uh, back around 2003 or four. 
it, it was this time of year. It was it was February. It was it was very uh, very snowy and cold that year. And uh, I was driving. I used to live in a place called Middletown, New York, in Orange County. And I was driving with a friend. We were uh, going to Best Buy to get some computer uh, uh, accessories. It was nighttime, and my friend was driving. I was, you know, riding shotgun. And we were going over this back road. It was called Golf Links Road in Middletown, New York. It connected the two sides of town, and it was kind of a shortcut. And we're, we're riding down the road, and, you know, I, I happened to glance over to the right. You know, there were, there were a group of trees. And uh, I saw this light going across the trees, and I thought someone was over there, you know, maybe walking or walking their dog, because there were uh, there was a little housing complex down the road from there. And uh, as we got closer, you know, I saw it again. I thought maybe it was somebody with a flashlight. And as we get parallel with the trees, I see this light that just looks like a spotlight going across the the trees. It comes off the trees. Now I'm 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 not kidding anybody here. You could think I, well, I was crazy or believe it or not, whatever people want to think. This thing came off the trees, came right across the road over the hood of our car. And when my friend saw it, you know, she said, you know, holy, you know, holy shit, you know. And you know, I told her, I said, man, you know, you know, just be quiet a minute, don't say a word. I want to put together in my mind what it is I just saw. And then when I asked her, okay, you know, what were you, you know, gasping about over there? We both described the same thing. I mean, this thing literally went right over the hood of our car, right in front of the windshield. It was shaped like a man with big triangular wings on its back, but it was pure light. It didn't have a face. It didn't have any features, just a blue white light. And it lit up the whole inside of the car as it went in front of the windshield. And on the other side of the field or the other side of the road was just a little embankment and a big empty field that, you know, was once upon a time, uh, you know, farmland, but nobody was using it at that time. It was up for sale. And when this thing hit the side of the road by the field, it looked like it just went in through an invisible door or a window I couldn't see. You know, head first, torso, legs, feet, boom, it was gone. And I, I, I would swear on everything that, you know, I hold dear that that is a true story. And, you know, that, that is one of the things in my life that changed my perspective on life. Are we alone? Is there something or somebody out there? You know, what is it? Where is it from? Now, some people could say, well, it was an alien. Some people could say, well, maybe it was an angel because it had these big triangular wings. I couldn't tell you what it was, but it was the strangest damn thing I ever saw. And it, it definitely made me know personally, my personal experience, that there are things out there that, that we don't know about, we don't understand. And uh, who knows why? Why was it up there, you know, going back and forth across the trees? What what was it doing? Why did it choose when we were right parallel to the trees to make itself so known? Why did it come off the, you know, come off the trees, go right over our car in front of us and disappear on the other side of the road? 
you know, almost like it wanted to be uh, seen somehow, you know. Uh, but it was definitely a, a life changer for me to say, I definitely know within myself uh, we're not alone in this universe, whether it's outer space, uh, alternate dimensions or realities. There's definitely stuff out there. And uh, truth is stranger than fiction, my friends. I think that was the Middleton Mothman. It could have been. It, it, it could have been. And it's funny. I've, I've, I've told, told different people this story that, uh, you know, have a background in metaphysics, spirituality, ufology. And, I, and I've gotten all those answers. They said it, it could have been an angel. It could have been an extraterrestrial of some kind, or it could have been a Mothman, you know, a cryptid. I have another suspicion, too, but I'll tell you what. I'm not going to tell you on this show. I'm going to leave this out as a teaser for one of our next shows, and I will come up with an explanation of this event. Sounds good. You, you, you can bounce it off me and, and we'll see. I, I'm not going to bounce it off you. I'm going to use geometric logic like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I'm going to be able to say to the audience, this was not the Mothman. This was an 83-year-old Polish gentleman <laughs> with a limp. We'll see. It's a teaser. For the next show. That's a very interesting story. But we are running out of time. We have run out of time. And uh, are there any closing thoughts that you have, Paul? I think it's been a fascinating show. I think we freewheeled it in many areas, which we love to do to have a spontaneous show with you. Since we don't do a lot of editing or any editing on the show, this is just like a conversation at the dinner table or under the stairs or, you know, beneath the rug or whatever you like to call it. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I think it was a great, uh, you know, great show. We had, uh, you know, some actual information out there from the scientific community, uh, you know, uh, some other things that are speculatory in nature. And and again, just some things that we're speculating on with you, our guests on the show. Uh, if you have any thoughts, send them in to us. Let us know. And, uh, you know. What about you, Paul? Any closing comments? How can we reach you? You know, anything you want to promote or, or what? Well, as usual, they can, uh, people want to contact me. You can write me at uh, nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, on Facebook. I have a YouTube channel, Paul James Caden podcast channel. I have two other podcasts, the spirit side and the mind's eye, which is kind of a, kind of an experimental you know i always want to start a secondary podcast when i, I throw things at the wall but uh, if you if you put in my name paul james caden uh, you'll find you know all of my information my blog my um my podcasts uh some books that i've written so i'm, I'm pretty uh pretty easy to look up but uh, i i definitely go off the, the stuff i talk about on this show uh, i i really uh, be warned on the spirit side uh, it really is. Uh, sometimes it's social issues. Sometimes it's, um, you know, issues, uh, you know, like we're, like we're having in, in, in politics, but kind of a, a philosophical, spiritual kind of view of it. 
and uh, and sometimes it goes off into uh, really peculiar areas like UFOs and the jinn and <laughs> you know uh, things of that nature. So it's a uh, it's interesting. Whatever I what I, I try to keep the spirit side very open. Whatever I I feel I want to talk about, I can just bring it to the show. And it doesn't get monotonous where it's one topic over and over and over. But uh, that's my that's my spiel for uh, for my farewell in this episode. Farewell, farewell, sweet Paul. Uh, any this is Stan Wangland, and if you'd uh, like to hear me on a different type of show, uh, other than uh, the people under the stairs, I like to mention every week. Uh, my uh, personal show is called Just Thinking with Stan Wangland, and uh, that is not a guest-based show at all, but it's a show of you know with yours truly on it, where I go over uh, topic after topic of things that I'm thinking about, the things that are trending in the world or trending in my head or your head uh anybody's head and it's a really interesting show uh we've got about uh, 300 episodes in the bag and hundreds more you know uh out there because uh you guys are a great audience you're very supportive and uh there's many many interesting things in the world some of the things are inspirational some of the things are uh, comedic. Some of them are very serious, like Sunday show, which will be, uh, you know, doing the right thing no matter what the result. So, uh, you know. Well, you know, pe- people can't do the right thing because we're all influenced by the gin. <laughs> uh, well, you know, when Paul is talking about the gin, he's talking about like gin for gin and tonic or slow gin fists. <laughs> the gin is uh, very powerful. The card game, gin. (laughs) Gin, there's the whiskey, (laughs) there's the bourbon, there's the the pot. (laughs) Hey, just just real quick, any anybody that's that's interested in that kind of topic, um, I I put uh, my show talking about extraterrestrials, the Black Death, and and the gin on uh, YouTube. And someone told me about uh, a series that's on Netflix uh, about the gin, and they said that I I might like it. I looked it up. Uh, it's originally in Arabic, but it has English overdub. So if uh, if anyone's interested, you know, go to Netflix, just type in the gin. And uh, I think it's about six episodes. I haven't watched any yet, but, uh, you know, um, just a little uh, a, a little movie uh, suggestion. If, if anybody wants to check something like that out. Uh, well, thanks, Paul, and and thanks for that interruption on when I was doing my little shtick there for people. <laughs> so I guess everybody's tra- want to hear train of thought has been broken on that. That was a, just go see the gin. Don't worry about Stan Wangland's show. But if if you're interested in something other than the gin, or you'd like to listen to a very interesting show while you're drinking some gin, <laughs> maybe smoking a joint and drinking some gin, <laughs> you'll be seeing extraterrestrials uh, and aliens and everything else. I promise you seriously listen to uh just thinking uh on the reality check podcast network uh which is the same network we're on with this particular show and if you like that show or this show uh why don't you do us a favor and rate and review the show and if you want to get in touch with me you can get in touch with me s wanger that's s-w-a-n-g-l-u-n-d at gmail.com and uh, i would love to hear from you and so would paul and uh you know, with that, I'm going to say good night, and uh, we'll catch you next time from this world 
No, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna make up a new ending, and the next. All sleeping already. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of The People Under the Stairs. If you would like to reach out to the host of this show, please feel free to email Paul at nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. That's nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. And if you would like to reach out to Stan, please feel free to go over to his Twitter page and give him a follow at S Wanglin. That's at S W A N G L U N D. Or feel free to email him at S Wangland at gmail.com. That's at S Wangland at gmail.com. And please continue to check out all the new episodes of The People Under the Stairs every Wednesday and every Sunday on the Reality Check Podcast Network. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at... Is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there.